What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TLS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields, here on this Friday, January the 7th, the year 2022, as it is the last show of the 2021 NFL regular season with week 18 forthcoming. Get into what's at stake heading into the final uh, weekend of the 2021 regular season, sadly. I mean, you're ready for the playoffs, but, you know, the regular season football with all the games happening at the same time and all 32 teams playing, you know, you can watch your NFL red zone or your Sunday ticket. Playoff NFL football is great, but still regular season football. It's just something special about those 17, now 18 Sundays uh, from September to early January that you just really just get down and appreciate. But anyway, we'll get into what's at stake as far as the playoff clinching scenarios heading into uh, heading into this weekend. Two uh, really marquee games to keep an eye on, Rams and 49ers, Raiders and Chargers. Those are the two big-time matchups uh, that's uh, coming your way on Sunday the 9th. Week 18 picks against the spread. And, of course, we have a national championship game that's going to take place on Monday uh, between, uh, the uni- between the uh, Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide is going to take place Monday at Lucas Oil Stadium at Indianapolis. So when we get back to you on Tuesday, we will recap that game. If anything noteworthy that took place in Week 18, we will discuss that. And, of course, uh, you know, see what the news cycle uh, gives us come Tuesday, January the 11th. But where we begin is what's at stake heading into Week 18 coming up uh, Coming up uh, this weekend. You got uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos at, uh, at 4.30 on ESPN and ABC and the Cowboys-Eagles shortly thereafter. ESPN gets a, I mean, boy, did they struck gold with the, they, the ESPN got both of the Cowboys and Eagles games on their network. The first matchup uh, that took place back in October, they got them on Monday Night Football down in Dallas. And, you know, the, the second time around, they will get them uh, up at uh, Philadelphia uh, at, at uh, 8.30 on Saturday night. But let's just run through the playoff scenarios alphabetically. Uh, and then we will take a break and then get this program on the road. Uh, the Ravens are currently sitting at 8-8. Eight and eight. Their chances of making the playoffs is essentially slim to none. Uh, it was announced uh, earlier, earlier in the afternoon on Friday the 7th that, uh, that Lamar Jackson would not be able to go for this game, So, we'll, who did not practice all week long leading up into Friday. You will get Tyler Huntley again. Uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, and unless anything unforeseen, something crazy goes down, uh, it's fair to say that the last we saw of Lamar Jackson was uh, was that game about was that game about three three and a half weeks ago uh, up in Cleveland, which he got his ankle rolled up. The Ravens have been on a die has been essentially on a downward spiral since their win against Cleveland. Uh, back in week 12, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. And it looks like you've seen the last of Lamar Jackson till uh, September 
uh, of later on in this calendar year of 2022. The Ravens have not won a game since, uh, just to pull this up for you to be exact, the Ravens have not won a game since week 12. Uh, that was all the way back in November the 28th. They're currently riding a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 game losing streak heading into the final game of the regular season against Pittsburgh. That's a rivalry game. Always has been, always will be. One of the most fierce and if not the best rivalry in all of the National Football League. Definitely one of the greatest, most fierce, intense rivalries in all of professional American sports between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. No Lamar Jackson for this game. It's going to be Big Ben's final game as a Pittsburgh Steeler, final, final game of his NFL career. So although there's not there's not a lot on the table as far as playoff is concerned, Pittsburgh needs a miracle to get in. Ravens need a miracle to get in, but it's a rivalry game. Nevertheless, Big Ben's final, uh, you know, final final game against the Ravens for his, you know, in his uh, in his Hall of Fame NFL career, his final game versus Baltimore, his final game in Baltimore down at M&T Bank, uh, his final game as a Pittsburgh Steeler and final game as an NFL uh, quarterback on top of the fact that both of these teams, they've been competitive this year. Both of them respectively have eight wins. Ravens are eight and eight. Steelers are eight, seven and one. Last time these two teams played against each other, week 13, that was the immediate, that was the immediate Sunday after when what ended up, what has ended up being the Ravens most recent memory or excuse memory when the date on December the 5th, of course, that was a two point conversion play uh, with Harbaugh. And um, the Ravens ended up losing that game by the final score of 20-19. But anyway, getting off the beaten path, going to the playoff clinching scenarios uh, for Sunday's game. The Ravens need a win, the Chargers to lose to the Raiders. So the rate, so if the, even if Indianapolis somehow gets upset by uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, and the and the Colts have not won, uh, have not beaten the Jaguars in Jacksonville since 2014, which is an interesting tidbit to keep your eye on heading into Sunday's festivities. And they also need a Miami Dolphins loss or a tie to the New England Patriots in the early, or excuse me, in the 425 window. Uh, on the 425 window on Sunday. So if the Ravens, if the Ravens take care of business with their game, they will not know. Let's say for the second conversation, the Ravens win, Jags win, Patriots win. Ravens will not know their fate whether to get on a plane and head to either Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Buffalo. Tennessee, maybe even my Bengals, they might they won't know their fate until about a quarter to midnight once the you know once uh, Kansas not Kansas City the Chargers and the Raiders game wraps up over in Vegas uh, in the later uh, in the later hours of uh, of uh, Sunday night January the 10th but the Ravens need to beat Pittsburgh have the have the Chargers lose to the Raiders on the road and have Indianapolis lose to Jacksonville earlier in the day and have the Dolphins lose to the Patriots and the Patriots have something to play for with their division still on the line if they win and the Buffalo loses. We'll get into that later on in the segment. And then, of course, having the opportunity, if they do win the division, to uh, essentially pick what, who, uh, to pick their opponent for, wild, for a wild card weekend. And they also, New England also was not mathematically out of getting the one seed as well. Tennessee, New England, the Bengals, and Kansas City 
all have, uh, and I believe Buffalo too. I, I may be wrong on that, but they all, all those teams that I had mentioned have a chance to get the first round by. I don't think Buffalo does. I think it's Cincinnati. I think it's Cincinnati, Tennessee, uh, New England, and Kansas City all have an opportunity to get the one seed heading into Sunday's festivities. But again. In order for the Ravens to make the playoffs, that's the seventh seed. They need a win. Chargers loss, Indianapolis loss, Miami Dolphins loss or tie. And uh, and keeping with that matchup, you go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs to beat the Ravens. Have Indianapolis lose and get up. You know the upset loss to uh, to Jacksonville and have the Charger and have the Charger or Raider game not end. In a tie, so that's what Pittsburgh needs at eight seven to one, and the tie does that does them tremendous favors heading into Week eighteen. Uh, Buffalo getting back to them. Uh, Buffalo wins the AFC East. They win their division. You know, winning your end, you win your division, you get a home playoff game. Or if New England loses because they have New England beat via tiebreaker, or or Buffalo and New England both tie, which the chances of that happening is is one in one million. Uh, the Buffalo Bills would uh, win their division and get a home playoff game with a record of ten six and one. But Buffalo. The, uh, you know, Buffalo, the task at hand is simple. Beat the Jets, you're in the playoffs. That's it. All you got to do, beat the Jets, and you're in the playoffs, and you, and you won your division for a second straight season in a row. For my Cincinnati Bengals heading into 79 Cleveland on Sunday, Cleveland, no Baker Mayfield's. Kevin Stefanski announced earlier this week they're going to shut him down to get his torn labrum taken care of. No Joe Burrow, rest him, rest that knee that he got twisted towards the closing sequences of the Chief game last Sunday. Not to mention they're going to, the Bengals have a few players, quite a few players. Uh, number of uh, their skill positions out via covid so the Bengals are going to are going to have to uh are going to have to you know play you know just go out there and play you know play this game against Cleveland see if you can split the season series uh with them they the Cleveland's the only team within the AFC North that's beaten Cincinnati this season of course you go back to that blowout back in uh, back in early November coming off of the Jet game on November the 7th I believe it was uh, when the Bengals got steamrolled after Cleveland uh, said au revoir to Odell Beckham Jr. But uh, but what does Cincinnati a huge favor is that they need Kansas City to lose to get the one seed. Um, they get the they get the one they get the one seed and the first round by and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. If Kansas City loses, and that's a big advantage for Cincinnati because Kansas City plays the day before against Denver. So if so so even though they, I so I doubt it that they're going to send Joe Burrow out Joe Burrow out there because because they have to count on uh, New England losing to Miami. Or uh, or New England losing to Miami or Tennessee losing to Houston, so the chances of that happening is is very very slim. But they get the number one seed first round by with by beating Cleveland, Tennessee losing to Houston, Kansas City losing Saturday afternoon to Denver. Uh, and the chance of that happening is uh, slim to none. Kansas City coming off a loss and still have something to play for, you know, to get the two seed or steal the uh, one seed uh, back from Tennessee. But the Bengals get the one seed by beating Cleveland, Tennessee losing to Houston, 
Kansas City losing to Denver the the uh, the day before on Saturday. New England losing or tying to the Dolphins or Cincinnati winning, Tennessee losing, Kansas City losing, and Buffalo taking care of business against the New York Jets. By any of those two formulas, so it's not just one formula for the Bengals to get the one seed. They got two formulas. Chances of that happening are slim to none, but crazier things have happened. Two formulas for the Bengals to get the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Indianapolis Colts are at 9-7. and seven. Like I said, aforementioned Jacksonville, they clinch a playoff berth, win, win, win or tie and you're in, win or tie on the road against Jacksonville. Again, a place they have not won since 2014. Win or tie against Jacksonville and you're in. Or or uh, the Chargers lose on Sunday Night Football plus the plus the uh, Steelers-Ravens game ending in a tie. That also gets Indianapolis into the playoffs. Or the Chargers losing on Sunday night on the road to the uh, Raiders. The Steelers losing to the Ravens. And the Miami Dolphins pulling off an upset uh, against the New England Patriots uh, down in South Beach come Sunday afternoon. Kansas City getting back to them. They get the number one seed with a win in Tennessee losing or tying to Houston or Kansas City ties and Tennessee loses to Houston. Those are the only two ways Kansas City you know, after their uh, after their loss to Cincinnati last week, can somehow uh, get the one seed back into their possession this time for good, and have another wild card weekend off with Mahomes, Andy Reid, and company over there in uh, Kansas City. The Raiders make the playoffs in their Sunday night. Both of the both of those uh, two teams, them and the Chargers, are nine and seven heading into the Sunday night game in a couple days. The Vegas Raiders clinch a playoff berth with a win. When you're in scenario for the Raiders, you win. You beat the Chargers at home. You're in the playoffs at ten and seven, or they tie, uh, or they tie L.A. with the Indianapolis loss, or Indianapolis loses early on in the day to Jacksonville, and the Steelers lose or tie to the Baltimore Ravens. So if so if so. If, if Indianapolis loses to Jacksonville earlier earlier in the afternoon and the Ravens with Tyler Huntley loses to the Steelers in Ben's last game, the Raiders are in the playoffs. Uh, the Raiders are in the playoffs, and essentially the game coming up at 8:20 on NBC means nothing for Vegas if Indianapolis, you know, goes it another year without winning in Jacksonville, and Big Ben rides off into the sunset, uh, beating his his uh, hated division rival one last time down at the Charm City in the Bank. The Raiders would make it into the playoffs by that scenario, and their result of their game against uh, the Chargers uh, would not affect the Raiders' fate, uh, you know, coming up next week in one way or the other. The Chargers is very simple for them, and this is the only avenue, and this is why their loss to the Texans was just so mind-bogglingly egregious and just so detrimental to their playoff hopes a few weeks ago. Chargers, for them, it's simple. Beat the Raiders or tie the Raiders. You're in the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. That's it. You know, they control... Chargers, uh, the Chargers control their own destiny. I believe they are the only team where the one scenario for them to make the playoffs is control is via controlling their own destiny. Um, yeah, that's it. The Chargers are the only team out of all the teams sitting on the bubble heading into Week 18 that control their own destiny, that don't need any help from any other teams. Chargers, you beat the Raiders or you tie the Raiders, you're in the playoffs. Patriots are at 10-6. and six. 
Uh, they get the number one seed. First round bye with a win. Buffalo losing or tying. Plus Kansas City losing to uh, Denver on Saturday afternoon. And a Tennessee uh, and a Tennessee loss as well. The Patriots also win the AFC East with a win and a Buffalo loss or tie, or they tie uh, Miami and Buffalo loses at the or Buffalo loses to the Jets on top of that as well. Steelers, I already went through them in their playoff uh, scenario. The Titans, they get the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, and that is, and that's strictly winning. You're in Titans. You Titans. You beat Houston. It doesn't matter what Kansas City did the day before. It doesn't matter what Buffalo does. It doesn't matter uh, what the Patriots do. What the Bengals do. Titans at 11 and five. You win the game and prove the 12 and five. Not only do you get the number one seed and home field advance throughout the AFC playoffs and the AFC, but you also allow a, a extra week of rest for your uh, best player, your MVP, Derrick Henry, to get back in healthy, raring to go, and could essentially be a very, very, very dangerous playoff team uh, in, a, in two weeks' time uh, when they play their first playoff game uh, two weeks from uh, Saturday and Sunday. Or they can get the one seed by tying Houston uh, by tying Houston and Kansas City losing or tying the Denver the day before. Kansas City losing, the Bengals losing, and New England losing or tying. The Bengals also losing or tying as well. Or Kansas City loses, the Bengals lose or tie against, uh, against Cleveland, and the Buffalo Bills win against the New York Jets. Now to the NFC with the one seed home field advantage already locked up. The NFC East Division title is already locked up. The South is already locked up. And the Cardinals, Rams, and Eagles all have playoff bursts. It's just a matter of who wins the NFC West. Uh, and who's and who's going to end up the six, the uh, and who's going to end up the five or six seed? Uh, who's going to end up as the five or six seed in the NFC? The Cardinals win their division. They win the West uh, and, and fend off the Rams by uh, and fend off the Rams by beating by beating the Seahawks Sunday at 4:25 Eastern with a win and a Ram loss. The division goes to the Arizona Cardinals. If the Rams, if the Rams, uh, and, and that's the only scenario where if, for the Cardinals to win the division, them winning and the Seahawks beating and the C, not the Seahawks, them winning and the Rams falling short once again to uh, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers down at SoFi. Uh, the and then that's the only scenario for the Cardinals to get the West with the one seed, of course, already being out of reach for them. The Rams can win the on the swip on the flip sheet. Excuse me. The Rams can win the West with uh, with a win or a tie against San Francisco, who they who in recent memory have never ever ever uh, managed how to beat. Although something tells me that that might be up that that trend might be up come Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Rams win or tie San Francisco, they get the West, or Arizona loses or ties to Seattle, the Rams get the West for the second time. Uh, I believe for the second time in three, four years, the, the, the division title will go to Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. The New Orleans Saints currently sit on the bubble at 8-8 eight and eight going up against the 7-9 and nine Atlanta Falcons. They can only make the playoffs with a win, and San Francisco... 
uh, and, and San Francisco's winning streak to the Rams snapping down at SoFi. That's how the Saints can make the playoffs with uh, Taysom Hill. And the San Francisco 49ers can make the playoffs as a wild card team at 9-7 and seven with a win or a tie in your in scenario or the Saints lose or tie to the Atlanta Falcons. Those are all of your 2021 uh, NFL playoff clinching scenarios heading into the final weekend of the regular season. I will break down the two, uh, which I guess you could call them that. The, uh, I guess you could call them this. The two big time matchups heading into Week 18 between the Rams and the 49ers and the Raiders and the Chargers coming up. You're listening to the Amatelica Tiaiz podcast. Don't go anywhere. Back right after this. Welcome back to the Ambatelka TIS podcast. Switching gears now to two. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have all the scenarios that I just gave you at your disposal. But outside of two games on paper, you know, there's not a lot of good matchups. You know, you got a really great, you got a really great team. Uh, you know, you got a really great team uh, going up against, you know, a bad team. A la, for instance, the Packers and the Lions. You know, the Packers, who, A, have nothing to play for regardless anyway, but, you know, they, they're, they, you know, fantastic football team, Super Bowl contender. They're, they're going up against the Detroit Lions who, had, you know, who weren't able to win a game till like, early December. So, uh, and, you know, and they're not the only, you know, Buccaneers and Panthers. Bucks are 12-4. and four. Panthers essentially have nosedived, you know, from week four, Back in early, back in late September onwards, and they've just been a complete mess. Cardinals, Seahawks, same thing. Cardinals eleven and five, Seahawks six and ten, not making the playoffs. Uh, let's see. Um, give you another example: Titans, Texans. Titans uh, eleven and five can end up being the AFC's number one seed. Texans have been abysmal all season. Have been abysmal all season long. Uh, uh, Colts, Raiders, same thing. Uh, you know, and then and then there are other matchups that you know we could do without you know Washington and the Giants, the Washington and the Giants. I mean that the only reason why that game's being played is for ticket revenue and television. There's not a soul in America that's going to pay any attention to Washington, Washington and the Giants. I mean, I, I don't even think Brendan is going to bother to put, you know, turn his little Sunday ticket or the local Fox station here in Maryland to watch that piece of garbage uh, with the Giants and uh, his Washington team. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, you know, Bears and Vikings, uh, please. I mean, we saw enough of the Bears and Vikings when they played each other this, the Monday before uh, Christmas on Monday Night Football when they bought us the tears. I will uh, take a pass with that one. No one's watching that. No one's watching that as well. Uh, those, those are, those two are really like the bit, are like the worst matchups on paper 
um, as far as week 18 goes. You know, Chiefs and Broncos, eh, okay. Although the Chiefs always beat the beat the stuffing out of the Broncos every every meeting, Kansas City's won twelve straight games against Denver. Uh, Cowboys and Eagles is not a bad matchup, except for the fact that the Cowboys is, is that the Cowboys the best they can get is the two seed. If you're into that, uh, and the Eagles have nothing to play for with their wild cards position, or having been locked up last week. Uh, Steelers and Ravens, you know, it's a long shot for those two franchises to make the playoffs. Pittsburgh's won three straight against Baltimore, but it is a rivalry game. Last time Ben Roethlisberger goes into Amity Bank, uh, so that game all you know has 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 a little juice to it. But again, unless you are a Steelers fan, a Ravens fan, a Yinzer, or a or a Balmer. Uh, you know your interest for Steelers Ravens is uh, is you know very down a, down a totem pole list of important games to pay attention to in Week 18. Uh, but the two but the two match but the two matchups Patriots and Dolphins is not terrible. Dolphins are eight and eight. They have an opportunity to uh, to uh, get another win to get another winning season uh, to finish the season on a on a high note at nine and eight and sweep the season series from New England. Not to mention every single time the Patriots and Dolphins get together, especially late in the season and more especially down in uh, Miami where Bill Belichick is nine and twelve. Since the year 2000 against the Miami Dolphins, he's nine and twelve down in Miami, uh, uh, down in Miami against the Dolphins. So that game, you know, a lot of you know a lot of ha- things could get could get hairy down in South Beach. Uh, you know, the Dolph- the Dolphins played the Patriots real real well up at Foxborough first game of the regular season back in Week One in early September. Would not shock me if the uh, if the horseshoe is still on the Miami Dolphins side. And remember, thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the 2019 Miami Dolphins, who were one of the worst teams in the league, they ended up up they ended up upsetting the Patriots. That although that game took place up at Gillette, they ended up upsetting the Patriots, knocking the Patriot playing spoiler, and uh, and being the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, extra arms of help. As they ended, as if you remember properly, remember that was the famous Kevin Harlan. I'm calling both games call. They ended up Ryan Fitzpatrick led a game-winning drive in the closing seconds up at Foxborough. Ended up upsetting the Patriots, knocked them down to the three seed where they had to play the uh, Tennessee Titans, who ended up being the six on Wild Card Weekend that Saturday night, which ended up being Brady's final game as a uh, final game and final playoff game as a New England Patriot, and as a result, what happened? Kansas City Chiefs moved up to the two. 2019, that was the final season where you had where you had the 12 teams in the playoffs, six per conference with the first two seeds getting the first round bye. Kansas City got the first round bye as the, as the, uh, as the two seed. Got the first round bye, got wild card weekend off, played, uh, played the Houston Texans, uh, Patrick Mahomes led, led that tremendous double-digit comeback to beat Houston to advance to the second straight AFC championship game, which they had home field advantage for because the day, because the because the night before that Sunday game between Houston and uh, Kansas City, 
uh, the Titans who had walked into who had walked into Foxborough and upset uh, and upset the uh, the Patriots the following Saturday. After that, they walked into Baltimore, best team in all of uh, best team. I believe they had the best record in all of football. I could be wrong. I can I'm gonna look that up. I could be wrong. I believe the 2019 Ravens had the best record. And all of the NFL, if not, they definitely had the, you know, obviously had the best record in the A. They obviously had the best record in the AFC. First round by home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs that the Ravens were to play, would have uh, beaten Tennessee to play the AFC championship game. It would have gotten it in their building. And you had Lamar Jackson, who ended up being the league MVP that as well later on that season. Uh, let me see who had the best record. The 49ers had the, had the number one seed in the A and the NFC. Did the 49ers have the best record in all of football? I know I'm getting off the beaten path. 49ers went 13 and three in 2019. The Baltimore Ravens went. 14 and 2. So the Ravens regular season record-wise were the best team in all of football uh were the best team in all of football by one game. They finished at 14 and 2. 49ers finished at 13 and 3. And by the way, even if they both would have ended up with a 13 and 3 or 14 and 2 record, you'd have to give the advantage to and the and the crown of best regular season team of that season because the Ravens had beaten San Francisco in their building back in the month of November in a monsoon when Justin Tucker, if you remember correctly, Justin Tucker kicked the game-winning field goal in the closing seconds of regulation. But anyway, I'm getting off the beaten path. Two main matchups to pay attention to in Week 18. You got the Rams and the 49ers. Rams, uh, you know, trying to get the monkey off their back. They have not beaten San Francisco in a long, 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 long time. It's been a minute. San Francisco has won five straight games against the Rams. They have, outside of, you know, Bill Belichick in that uh, Super Bowl 53 a few seasons ago, that has really been the true kryptonite for uh for Sean McVay and his LA Rams is those is those pesky San Francisco 49ers. They've lost five straight in a row against them. San Francisco took care of business last week with Trey Lance in that quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo was very limited in practice earlier this week, dealing with his finger injury. They took care of business last week at home against the Houston Texans. On the flip side, you have the uh, Los Angeles Rams, 12 and 4 on the regular season. Looking like, and I went down through all the scenarios back in the opening segment. Have an opportunity to win the NFC, to catch up to the uh, to catch up to the Arizona Cardinals and win the NFC West, uh, as they also they themselves are coming off of a victory at uh, excuse me on the road against uh, on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Odell Beckham Jr. caught the game-winning touchdown pass in the final closing seconds of that game. Uh, Matthew Stafford. I touched on this earlier in the week on Tuesday, out for the sake of uh, you know, just for the sake of filling up airtime. I'll say it again. You know, I don't care if the L.A. Rams have the fearsome foursome on the defense lining up alongside Aaron Donald, and have Von Miller, and have Von Miller at linebacker, and Jalen Ramsey. You know, they're two. You know, they're two-headed. One. You know, the other two uh, best defensive players on their team with Ramsey and Mel. I don't care. And they can also, and while they're at it, they can also bring back Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt and Marshall Falk 
from the uh, greatest show on turf days from the uh, from 1999 and throughout the early 2000s. I don't care. You're not winning squat if Matthew Stafford continuously, consistently, time and time and time again turns over the football ad infinitum. I don't. I don't care. I don't care how great of a coach McVay is. I don't care about your defensive scheme, your players, the talent that you have on defense, and your and your star power on offense with Cooper. You know, with Cooper Cup. You know, you can bring Robert Woods back. All you can, you know, give him a brand new knee, bring him back off of IR with his torn ACL injury. You know, and have him Cooper Cup, who's having a tremendous season, in my opinion. Uh, you know, he is up there with Jonathan Taylor and Jamar Chase for offensive rookie of the year. Uh, or not rookie of the year, but offensive player of the year. You can have him, Cam Makers coming off of IR, Sony Michelle, and bring Marshall Falk back, you know, just for uh, just for kicks and giggles. It wouldn't, wouldn't mean a freaking thing if Matthew Stafford doesn't stop turning over the football. He, the Rams are only going to go as far as Matthew Stafford takes them. And if Matthew Stafford plays mistake-free football, doesn't try to play hero ball, trying to chuck the ball 50 yards downfield every single chance he gets, you know, so he looks good, so he looks good on the internet, looks good in the Sports Center and NFL Network highlight packages, and goes viral on Twitter and Instagram, the Rams are going to be the Rams are going to be okay. All they, all they got to do is just have Matthew Stafford just play mistake-free football, take care of the football, don't get strip sacked. And don't throw bonehead ass sign interceptions. And when you do, make sure that they don't that that they do not end up as being free uh, free touchdowns for the oppos- for the opposition. And you know, be like Oprah Winfrey and start give and start giving out free touchdowns. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Everybody gets a touchdown. Matthew Stafford, you know, starts turning into Oprah Winfrey as far as turn over the football and giving out and giving away free points the rams are in trouble we when you know we have to play from a deficit and uh and when the when the europe and when your opponent you know has a has one leg up on you because they stole a possession and stole seven points from you matthew Savard takes care of the football the rams are going to be all right not just in this game in particular they get their monkey off their back uh, against San Francisco, but all throughout their entire postseason run, as far as you know, to see how long and how far Matthew Stafford and company will uh, will carry the L.A. Rams, uh, you know, in the uh, later stages of the month of January. But from a San Francisco 49er perspective, you know, the, the you know the thing is whether it's Lance, whether it's uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You need strong quarterback play. You need strong quarterback play and elite defensive play in order to beat the Rams. Quarterback limits the mistakes. Defense gets after the quarterback. You know, uh, you uh, you you chew the clock. You maintain. You maintain you know, the time possession in your favor. You're gonna you're gonna go six up and uh, six up and uh, six up and six down for the for the Rams and their inability. To beat the San Francisco uh, 49ers, I told you what's at stake for that game uh, back in the earlier uh, segment. And then, of course, for the Rams, for the Rams, the Rams, the Raiders, and the Chargers. Like I previously stated, if uh, and I'll go through the playoff scenarios just to ref- just to refresh your memory one last time, and just and you know when NBC says you know when I go home for their Sunday night football. Uh, teasers. It's kind of it's a little bit of an asterisk next to that, next to that little teaser that they give you 
because keep this because keep uh, the following in mind if the if Indianapolis makes it another year i believe it would go what seven seasons i believe it'd be seven seasons in a row where indianapolis fails to win at jacksonville if indianapolis makes it a seventh straight season without winning in jacksonville to the and losing to the jaguars and that game i believe is at one o'clock earlier in the afternoon if indianapolis has their losing streak extended to one more season Early in the afternoon, loses to Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, and Pittsburgh loses to the Ravens in Big Ben's final game uh, down at the bank at MNT. The Raiders are the Raiders are in the, are in the playoffs regardless how their game finishes against uh, against uh, Los Angeles. So there, so Derek Carr can be pulling up to the Death Star. It can be pulling up to the Death Star, and before and by the time he, you know gets his uh and by the time he gets his uniform on prior to pregame introductions essentially the raiders will have nothing to play for which kills which uh which kills which would which would absolutely kill the game as far as the dramatic intrigue between between the raider and charger game but but if uh, indianapolis ends their losing streak beats jacksonville and uh and pittsburgh sends big ben off into the sunset uh, winning his final game against the Baltimore Ravens, winning his final road game, his final game of his NFL career, then the Raiders have an opportunity win, beat the Chargers, and you're in the playoffs. And and then of course with the and then of course with the and of course with the Chargers on the flip side, win win or tie the Raiders, and you're in with and you're in the playoffs uh, as well. You know the Raiders. Something tells me that the Raiders, and I'll save the, and I'll give you my pick fed game later on uh, in the show. But something tells me that that the that this is a game for the Raiders to win. They showed tremendous moxie and tremendous mental toughness, getting off the deck and beating the Colts last week, as I predicted that they would. A phenomenal, strong, clutch quarterback play from Derek Carr. Give him a ton of credit. He's played well the last couple of weeks. Um, defense has played pretty solid. And then, of course, on the Chargers, you know, it's just something with them that just doesn't sit right. If the Denver Broncos had a, had, you know, had a competent coach and had the quarterback situation taken care of properly, they probably would, they probably would have lost last week at home, uh, to the Denver Broncos. And when you lose, and when you lose the day after Christmas, I don't care how many guys you have out with COVID injuries, whatever, I don't want to hear it. You know, you lose you lose on the road in late December, the day after Christmas, to the Houston Texans. When you got all that offensive firepower around you, and you know Brandon Staley, you know boy genius, boy wonder. You just and you and you're sitting on the bubble at at uh, what nine and seven, eight and eight, at nine and seven. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. You you lose to the Raiders. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. Plain and simple. And everybody talks about Herbert this, Herbert that. Well, I mean. Nine and seven. Nine and seven. Win win the game. I think the Raiders are gonna win, but if if you're the Chargers, no farting around. Win the game. Especially if if the Raiders have nothing to play for and they're in the playoffs by before kickoff. And the Raiders really have nothing to play for, then then all bets are off with no excuses. If the Raiders somehow get lucky and end up clinching a playoff spot without ever having to complete a pass 
before down is even played at the Death Star on on Sunday night, then, then it, it really truly is no it would be no excuses for the Chargers. Go out there, take care of business, and win the damn game. Simple, win the game. Win the game, and 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 Brandon Staley again. I said it a few weeks ago. I said again. You can't coach these games like it's you know like like you would in uh, in September and October, late you know December, early January, final few weeks of regular season. Give or take with the you know of how of uh, of how and of uh, when the regular season starts in this extra game, whatever. Late season football. Well, I put it like this: winter football. As you know, December onwards. Winter football, a little different. Different things are at stake. Jobs are on the line. Playoff spots, division titles are on the line. Seating is to be, you know, proper seating. Who plays who plays what is on the line up for grabs. You can't coach and in-game manage these games in December and in early January like you would, like you would, you know, September 17th. Or 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 on October on on or on October the fifth, you can't coach and you can't in game manage these games the same. They're different animals. So I hope he keeps that in mind before you know he's trigger happy at going for every you know fourth down. He you know he he sets his eye he sets his eyes on because because if he picks to go fourth down and it's not the time for him to do so, it's time for him to either. Punt the ball, you know, bite the bullet, punt the ball, try to pin the uh, Raiders back deep in their own territory, or tie for them to wisely kick the field goal, and he doesn't. It's going to be the difference between the between the L.A. Chargers playing playing in a cold weather city next weekend, or them enjoying the nice sunny warm confines of Los Angeles, but not in the Super Bowl at their couch home. For the rest of the winter till September of later on uh, this year, next season. There you have it. Two games. Just keep an eye on your week 18 picks against the spread. You're listening to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. For the final time in the 2021 NFL regular season. We do it each and every week. Week 18 picks in the National Football League. In the league where they play. For pay. Game number one 
between the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver Broncos last lost, excuse me, last week. Last time out on the road to the Los Angeles Chargers, they returned home for their regular season finale at 7-9. and nine. The Kansas City Chiefs are currently sitting at 11-5. Uh, they lost last time out, of course, to my Cincinnati Bengals. This is a Saturday game, keep in mind. Saturday, 4.30 on ABC and ESPN. Kansas City's favorite, minus 10.5. Give me the Kansas and Chiefs need this game if they want to uh, get a, if they want two home games, either via the two seed or somehow steal the first round buyback from the uh, Tennessee Titans. Chiefs favorite, minus 10.5. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game by the final score of 31 to 17. The Dallas Cowboys are 11-5, licking their wounds from their loss to the uh, Arizona Cardinals at home in their, reg in their, uh, in their uh, home regular season finale down at Jerry World uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. They take on the Philadelphia Eagles who won last time out against the, uh, against the Washington football team to clinch a playoff spot. Fourth playoff appearance in five seasons for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're at 9-7. Dallas is favored minus four points. Give me the, and although Dallas doesn't need the, doesn't need the game, I'll pick them to win it by the final score of 24-20. And you move ahead to Sunday's action. Game number one for Sunday on my little sheet here. The Cincinnati Bengals, my Cincinnati Bengals, are 10-6, coming off of their upset victory to clinch the AFC North against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. They're 10-6. No Joe Burrow. Brandon Allen will start, and no Joe Mixon as well due to COVID protocols. Uh, they take on the Cleveland Browns, who lost last week, last Monday night, to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Big Ben's final home game down at Hines. Uh, they are 7-9. Baker Mayfield will know, is a no-go. Case Keenum will be their starting quarterback for the game. Uh, Cleveland Browns, of course, were eliminated from playoff contention with the Bengals' victory over Kansas City last week. Cleveland's favorite minus six points. Give me my Cincinnati Bengals to win this game by the final score of 20-17. to 17. Green Bay Packers are 13-3. This game means nothing for them. Smart move. By Matt LaFleur, give him credit. Smart move by having Aaron Rodgers and uh, the starting uh, regime for the Green Bay Packers go out there and start at Detroit on Sunday. I, one of the things, if you've been listening to this show for a good period of time, one of the things I hate that I cannot stand is when teams that clinch, that uh, get a first round bye in previous seasons, the one or the two seed, Last two seasons since the 2020 season, the one seed, I cannot stand it. When teams that get the first round by that are already have the guaranteed week off rest their starters in week 17, which was the final weekend of the regular season, still should be, now week 18 here in 2021 and the foreseeable future. I can't stand it when teams do it because, you know, because you risk with, you know, you, you have your team two weeks off, they haven't played a meaningful football game in three weeks. And the odds are they're going up against a team, more likely than not, a wildcard team that pulled off an upset that was coming off of an emotional uh, that was coming off of an emotional victory. The one that always comes to mind with me was the uh, it was the Tennessee Titans, uh, who walked in the Baltimore that unseasonably warm Saturday night down at the bank. 
Ravens 14 and 2, you know, went on and out, went on an unbelievable winning streak. Clinched the first, clinched the number one seed, home field advantage, first round by Harbaugh. Rest them week 17. I believe they were playing Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Harbaugh rest them week 17, giving giving Lamar Jackson and his players and what and what Harbaugh and Red, they were a very inexperienced bunch. Lamar Jackson, I understand he had a playoff game previous to that, but he rests the starters. Did not play in week 17. I don't. I think the Ravens won that game. I would believe so. The Ravens won that game, although it meant nothing to them. Lamar Jackson and the starters got the two weeks off. Went into a Tennessee game at home. First meaningful game the Ravens had played in about three weeks. Because I believe their week 16 game didn't mean much to them whatsoever. Also, went into that game flat as a pancake. Had no energy, lack of enthusiasm, lack of energy. And the Titans who are coming off of that emotional victory the Saturday night before on the road in Foxborough against Brady and Belichick putting the, you know, which in that game, of course, ended up, as we all know, being the coup de grace to the Bill Belichick, uh, Tom Brady, Patriot. Dynasty come, came off of that emotional win. Nobody in America gave the Titans a chance. And they essentially ran roughshod all over the Ravens. And before you batted an eye, you had the Titans in the AFC Championship game, and the Ravens went one and done. So I bring all that up to say, look out for the Green Bay Packers. Phenomenal job, whether it was LaFour's decision or Aaron Rodgers who, who led the brigade of them, uh, of, not, of them not resting their starters against Detroit, who's 2-13-1. Green Bay is favored minus 3.5. I'm not saying they got to play the whole game. But they should at least start and go and, and play a, a half at minimum. Give me the Green Bay Packers to win this game by the final score of 27-17. The Chicago Bears 6-10, Vikings 7-9. If you're watching this game, God bless you. Vikings are, are favored minus 5.5. Give me the Minnesota Vikings to win this game by the final score of 28-24. If you're watching uh, Giants... And Washington, God bless you. Giants are four and twelve. Uh, Washington six and ten. Washington's favored by a touchdown. Give me the Washington football team to win this game by the final score of twenty-four to seventeen. The Indianapolis Colts are nine and seven, taking on the two and fourteen Jacksonville Jaguars. Indianapolis is favored minus fifteen points. Jacksonville 214 coming off of their loss. Uh coming off of their loss last week to the uh who they play last week? It slips my mind. Uh it'll come to me in a minute. they oh yeah, they got blown out by 40 points, 50 to 10 against New England. Indianapolis licking their wounds from their last second defeat at home in their home regular season finale to the uh, Oakland, excuse me, Vegas Raiders. Indianapolis is favorite minus 15 points. Give me the Indianapolis Colts to win this game by the final score of 28 to 10. Pittsburgh Steelers and Big Ben's final game going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's 8 and 8. Pittsburgh's 8 7 and 1. Ravens favorite minus 3.5. No Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley will be a go. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben's final game to win this game by the final score of 21 to 13. 
and the Tennessee Titans are 11 and 5. They are 10 and a half point favorites taking on the Houston Texans who are 4 and 12. Give me the Tennessee Titans to win this game and lock up the number 1 seed in the AFC by the final score of 31 to 7. The Orleans Saints are 8 and 8. They are still vouching for a playoff spot to take on the 7 and 9 Atlanta Falcons. Saints the favorite minus three and a half. Give me the New Orleans Saints to win this game by the final score of 24 to 21. The New York Jets are four and 12, coming off of their last second to defeat the Tom Brady. And other news, water is wet. They are three, excuse me, four and 12, taking on the 10 and six Buffalo Bills who beat the Atlanta Falcons at home last week. Give me, and the Buffalo's favorite by 16 points, believe it or not. Give me the Buffalo Bills to destroy the Jets in this game by the final score of 35-14. to 14. You have the San Francisco 49ers on 9-7, taking on the 12-4 Los Angeles Rams. See if the Rams can get the monkey off their back. I believe they will. Their favorite minus 4.5 points. Give me the Rams to end their five-game losing streak to San Francisco by the final score of 28-17. And the New England Patriots are 10-6, coming off of their aforementioned blowout victory to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They fly down south to Miami to take on the Dolphins, who are 8-8. They lost last time out on the road to the Tennessee Titans. New England is favorite minus six and a half. Giving the Patriots to finish up the season 11 and five by the final score of 23 to 17. And the Seattle Seahawks are six and ten, taking on the 11 and five Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are favorite minus five and a half. They beat the Cowboys on the road last week. Seattle coming off their blood victory to the Detroit Lions at home. Give me the Arizona Cardinals to win this game by the final score of 31 to 21. Carolina Panthers are 5 and 11 taking on the 12 and 4 Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have had an eventful week to say the least. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to finish the season 13 and 4 by the final score of 31 to 21. The uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are 9 and 7 taking on the 9 and 7 Las Vegas Raiders. The Chargers are favored by a field goal. I think the Raiders, though, are going to pull off the upset. Give me the Raiders to pull off the upset and win this game. Granted, if there's still something on this game by the time this game kicks off as far as playoff implications for the Vegas Raiders, give me the Raiders to win this game in a nail-biter by the final score of 31-28. to Eight. And those are your week 18 picks against the spread. I will preview and get into giving my two cents heading into the national championship game for the 2021 college football title coming up to close out the show right after this.
One of the greatest songs of all time. I don't care what anybody says. And superstition by the great, the legendary, the iconic, the influential Stevie Wonder. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Close this uh, show with the final segment, and that is the 2021-2022 uh, college football playoff national championship game. Of, of the SEC, Vardy, for the first time since the 1718 Classic uh, that took place uh, down at the Georgia, Georgia, the, uh, the Georgia, no, my goodness, down in Atlanta, Georgia, at the uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium between the, the 13-1 and three-seeded Georgia Bulldogs and the number one-seeded 13-1 and Alabama Crimson Tide. Both of the, both of those two teams just I mean it I mean the the two uh, semifinal games that took place last Friday night on New Year's Eve were, were both respectively just complete and utter bloodbaths. I mean more so more so Georgia's domination over Michigan because although uh, Cincinnati didn't show up, you still had a you still had like a glimmer of hope if you were a Cincinnati fan or someone who bet. Who uh, placed a bet on Cincinnati that well their defense is keeping them in the game? Alabama doesn't look you know overpowering and, and overwhelmingly offensively. If if Cincinnati keeps keeps Alabama to within a score or two, they have an opportunity, they have a chance. And then you saw in the second half Alabama and Nick Saban you know just based off the sheer high end talent, you know they eventually they pulled away from Cincinnati and beat them. Georgia, on the other hand, their matchup against Michigan, it wasn't even close. I mean, they just came right, right out there and punched Michigan right in, the, right in the face. Offense was fluid. Defense was just, oh, was just flying all over the field, having their way, their way with Michigan all night long. Uh, and, it, and it leads you to believe that, you know, that Georgia was probably motivated you know, because their because their game down at the Orange Bowl took place second and took place after uh, after the Cotton Bowl between Cincinnati and Alabama. And if you don't think Kirby Smart told his guys in the locker room prior to kick off of that game New Year's Eve down in South Beach and said, "Hey guys, look, look, that we 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 although we didn't see it by every play, but I I I, I you bet your bottom dollar they were made aware that Alabama." Uh, beat Cincinnati, and I guarantee you, Curry Smart went up to this guy and say, "Hey guys, look, look, you win this game, you one game, one win away, for 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 revenge, for 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 a little payback, a little rematch. It's time, it's time, it's time for us to get our retribution for January 2018 and what took place down at uh, Mercedes Benz back in early December." Uh, a, a, little, a little payback time, a little bit of re- time for retribution. Go out there, take care of business uh, t- again tonight. Go out there, punch Michigan in the mouth. And in about 10 days' time, it's payback against against Alabama up at Indianapolis. I, gu- I guarantee you Kirby Smart said something similar along those lines to his team. Went out there, punched Michigan in the, th- in the throat. Uh, hypothetically speaking, and now look where we are, an all-SEC national championship game between Georgia and Alabama for all the marbles. Um, you know, Alabama has not been, uh, has not, like, this is not, just off of the sheer eye test, this is not the best Alabama team that we have seen in recent memory in the last couple of seasons, just going off of the eye test. But here's what you need to know. 
They still got a very good defense. Nick Saban is the head coach, and they got a very good quarterback and, a, and, a, and, a, and an offense that can, that can make plays with the best of them in all of college football. Going up against Georgia, who they've, who they've had their number the last few seasons during uh, Kirby Smart's reign. And, you know, Stetson Bennett, we see if he has an opportunity to redeem himself from the SEC championship game and see if they can match Alabama pound for pound, punch for punch, and stick with them the whole 60 minutes and put themselves in a situation where, you know, one big play, one big stop, one big drive, uh, you know, the, the Georgia can walk away with the national with the national championship. From a Georgia perspective, it's put up a shut-up time. There's only so many bites at that apple against, against Alabama that you can get and before, before, you're, before you either capitalize or time runs out and you blink and it's like, oh, holy crap, we had an opportunity. We had multiple bite, bites at that apple against Alabama and the chicken food of coop. But, uh, but I, I, got, I got a weird feeling that Georgia, that Georgia's going to win this game. Feels like it's time for them. You know, it, if, it, if, if, it feels like it's, it's their time. Had they had an undefeated regular season, undefeated regular season, they've been through enough heartache and, 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 and pain at the hands of those Alabama teams in, in years past. You know, whether it be the, the, the two at Jalen Hurts National Championship game down in Atlanta in January 2018, uh, with the walk-off touchdown pass to, to crush the hearts of uh, Georgia in their home stadium. I mean, you know, losing the way they did back in early December in the SEC championship game. You feel, you feel like and you get a feeling that it's Georgia's time. You just do. You know, have a game from Stetson Bennett and a couple of things that go your way. And, and, and fluster Alabama early and send a message to them early that you ain't here to fall around. You are going to fight. Scratch and claw, tooth and nail for Alabama to win this football. For excuse me, for Georgia to win this football game, you got to, you got to, and you also got to be able to stop the run as well, because 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 you can't stop Alabama from running the football, you're dead. You got no chance, especially if Alabama's playing with, with, from from and with a lead. Got to be able to stop the run, or or your chances go down in the toilet tenfold. Got to be able to stop the run. Got to, got to, and keep the pressure on the Alabama offense as well. Keep the pressure on them. Strike while the iron is hot. But you know, hopefully, we get a halfway decent national championship game. Hopefully, hopefully, our lips to God's ears. In case you are wondering, for the spread in that game, Georgia's favored minus two and a half. So bet what you shall wish. Got an excellent weekend of football ahead of you, as that's another episode of the Amatella Gutierrez podcast in the books. You got two games on uh, Saturday with the NFL, full slate of games of week 18 that Sunday with the national championship game that Monday night. And by all and by the time all of that is in the books, you have your 2021 NFL playoffs already set in stone and your national champion for the 2021 college football season, D1A. I'll be right back here to break it all down and recap and discuss it for you come Tuesday's episode. If you are new to the program, please subscribe. If you haven't already, 
Follow your boy on Twitter at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram and, t- and on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it T-I-S. It is your boy Josh Shield. Stay safe if, you, if you're living in the northeast mid-Atlantic. You're dealing with some cold and some snow. Stay safe. Stay warm. Keep yourselves healthy. It is your boy Josh Shields. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Y'all stay safe. Be blessed. Get vaccinated if you haven't already. Y'all take care.